Well, hello, hello, hello. Hi. I am here with one of my best friends. I'm so excited. <laughs> oh my gosh. I am here with Jenna Ushkowitz. Hello. I am so excited that you're here. Um, thanks for having me. You were the first person that I asked. <laughs> I'm honored. You are the podcast queen as far as I'm concerned. Oh, thank you so much. Do I get like an emoji queen um, like oh crown gosh, on my head? Cute. Thank you so much. I could do that. Okay. I know you can. <laughs> but I really You're want the queen to- <laughs> of gifts and Snapchat and social media. There's really nobody I've met. Who is more shameless than Alexander? <laughs> I really shouldn't change the name of the show from Emotion I'll Support to Shameless with Alessandro Torsani. An Alessandro Torsani story. Oh my gosh. It'd be really great. <laughs> I mean, it's true. We're, nothing has ever been truer. Nothing has ever been truer. That's a good snippet. I like that. We're going to use that one. Well, I'm so excited that you're here. Thanks for having me. Um, you have been my emotional support. Through a lot of things. What about Pee Wee and Dottie, though? Oh, Pee Wee and Dottie have absolutely been emotional support. Those are my dogs. (laughs) I have not yet talked about my dogs yet in these episodes. Well, this feels appropriate. This feels very appropriate because you have my favorite, favorite, favorite (laughs) nephew. Um, His name is Bear. He's a French bulldog. He's blue. He's sexy. He's a man. He's a man. Yeah. It's not like when you're like, oh, like I've met someone. He's a man. Yeah. That's oh, bare. God. And he's always been so sexy. He's just, he's got a <laughs> swag. <laughs> Even though he looks like a grandpa. His face looks like a grandpa. Oh, but he's, he's like so sweet. He's the sweetest little muffin. He's the best. I, he was at the, he was at the groomers the other day and I came home and he, he was gone and I, and nobody was home and I was like, this is weird. Isn't, Isn't it weird it, yeah, when you don't have your so dogs strange. around? If my mom takes them or <sighs> Sturgis takes them, it's, it's... I hate it. And it's so funny. How old is Bear now? Five. So Bear... Let's see. Bear is a little bit younger than Dottie? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. that makes sense. As, as oh, if I don't know yeah, my dog's age. Yeah. Yes, she's seven years old. So, yes, she, he's a lot younger. He is in his... <laughs> he's middle-aged. Bear is middle-aged at this point. That's what I'm going to say what he is. He is. Well, he's 35, right? Yeah, middle-aged. Oh, he's getting there. Well, yeah. I mean, well, he's, he's, okay. We mm, won't say our age. Okay. Uh, we may be Bear's age. Uh, we won't go there. Close. Very close. Uh, too close. Uh, too close for comfort. Getting real hot in here now. Um, but Bear has been so important to your life. And Bear is yes. your emotional support. He is. And isn't it just such a strange world? I have known you pre-bear. Right. And I don't remember pre-bear. No, I don't remember. I don't want to remember pre-bear. Isn't that so strange? It's really weird. I mean, I've been through a couple of dogs, um, one of which is still in the family, but not with me. Right. Um, physically. Um, she's great, but, uh, what was that dog's name? Stella. Stella had um, heart problems and I was working on Glee and it was just like, she didn't have a real life. She lived in a trailer. They told her she was going to have three years to live. (gasps) She's now um, nine. So like, I don't know what the F they were talking about, but (laughs) she's fine. She's with a family friend. She's great. Um, But Bear is like the real, my real pet. Like he's always been like the one. He is the one. He was the man in your life. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. It's been interesting. He was um, the other man. The man to the man, my boyfriend too. Now, let me tell you. So I think because Bear is a male, Mm -hmm. right? 
And he has been such a support to you. And it was there and Jenna against the world. You guys travel everywhere together. Yes. That's so fantastic to me because I am the biggest fearful flyer. Yes. And I never knew how scared I was until I stopped flying with Pee Wee. Horrifying. Horrifying. I hate it. Hated it. I actually flew a couple of times recently without Bear and I hated it. And you don't realize it until you step away. Exactly. Crazy. Anyway. But (laughs) getting back to the difference. So Dottie is a girl and I feel like she's a little like slut and she just loves everyone. She really is. She's just my mini reindeer. Oh, she's a mini reindeer. Such a reindeer. She's such a reindeer. But Pee Wee, you know, Pee Wee is my first husband. I love Pee Wee. I mean, I love Dottie, but He's like, a sex monster. I oh love, yeah, we're talking about sexy bear. Like, talk about sexy Pee Wee. Wow. And Ooh. I give him the voice of Samuel L. Jackson. No. Yeah. So if you think of it that way, it's like he just gets that much hotter. It's like, forget about it. And he sits upright too. And he's he sits just upright. And he wears a diaper and oh. bow ties. Oh, he's so sexy. Uh, he's so sexy. I, can't get I just love pets. But yeah, I didn't realize flying without bear. And like, it's funny because. They're making it much harder to fly with right. dogs, which is fine. I totally I get it. Get it. You're totally trying to bring peacocks it. on the fine. flight. Like, it's not going to work. Yes. But, um, yeah, it's it's like, it's life-changing to have him. Life-changing. Have a travel buddy. But talk about life-changing for Bear mm. was when you met <laughs> David. your man. Yeah. When David came in, Bear, alpha male, me and him against the world, now was like, I'm second best, mm. which... Is not true, but you know you gotta. He became an emotional basket, a basket case. He really did. Mm -hmm. I mean, he he peed on David. He would like freak out. They are getting peed peed on David. We were sleeping, and he peed (laughs) on his leg, and was like, it was early on, and he was like, um, so Jenna, I think, I think they peed on me, and I like touched it, and I smelt it, and I was like, no, oh. My God. But you I've know never mad been more respect, mortified. Mad respect to Listen, bear. he was just marking his territory. He's, He's showing like, Listen, honey. David, who's boss. Yeah, there's a man here. And we know who's boss. I mean, Bear is boss. Yeah. We had to crate him for a while. He's great. Everything is settled. Um, but, but he knows Bear is nice. He doesn't leave David's side. Well, he loves David. He's still he there's an imprint in him that still is like, he knows who his Bitches, and that's yeah, he me. Knows, he knows. Um, but him and David have a very cute relationship. He gets butt rubs from him every night. And well, like, I'll have to say, when we went to the party this week, it was our friend oh, Anthony's right. birthday, and Bear showed up, and Bear did not leave David's side. It was cute, right? It was the cutest. My thing two I've boys. Ever seen. It's my two boys. You're so lucky. I am very lucky. I've got the best two little grumpy boys in the whole world. Oh my god! And you know what? They're the same personality. <laughs> it's like you literally found the soulmate, like in human life form. Yeah, yeah. Wow, I really am so lucky. You're so lucky, <laughs> Jenna. What? So my favorite new word is because it's so millennial is journey. Oh, why did you just discover this word? Because I'm always five years behind <laughs> everyone else. Okay, I that's her up- journey. I'm always like, that's her journey. It's not my journey. What the hell is TBH? To be honest, Alessandra, I am so disappointed in you. The social media gif queen, boomerang extraordinaire, doesn't know what TBH. To be honest, 
SMH, but shaking why? my head. But why does that have to be abbreviated? I don't know. But here's what the craziest thing now is. I'm hearing millennials, you know, newer millennials, they say LOL out loud when they want to laugh. They go, oh, that's so funny, LOL. Generation Z. And I was I like, <laughs> oh. What? Oh my gosh. LOL. It's laugh out loud. I'm just going to start going BRB, G2G. BRB, G2G. LOL. And then some people say lol. And I'm like, okay, gotta go. You're out. GTG. It's their journey though, Al. You know it. It's their journey. So I love this word journey because... I went to this Kindred event that I had told you about, Mm -hmm. and that's where we kind of had 50 people thrown in a room for 48 hours talking about mental health. It's amazing. It was amazing. It was exhausting. It was the best thing that I've ever done, and I can't wait. We're doing another one in 2020. Yay! Yay! So excited. Um, But we had all talked about journeys, and the Mm -hmm. journey language came from a little bit younger generation of the late teens, early 20s of the kids that were there. Yeah. And I thought, journey? I mean, what does that even mean? I just think of never-ending journey. But (laughs) they kind of explained. They're like, no, you've had so many ups and downs and so many pinpoints in your life Mm -hmm. that you can tell what affected you, how, um, you know, when you were a child, something that you did can affect you now. I feel like I'm repeating myself, but it's been a slow day, and I'm only on my second 32-ounce coffee bean iced tea. That's pretty good for you. I think we need to be on my third, and then I'll slowly get together. I am. Yeah, I feel you. But you've had quite a fucking journey. I have had quite a journey. A journey from South Korea. A journey from (laughs) South Korea to Southside LA. No, not Southside LA. It just sounded really funny. I couldn't think of anything else. That's all right. No, but you literally had the journey from South Korea. Yeah. I was adopted at three months. I was. Oh, I didn't realize. Well, I guess I knew that. Three months. I was like almost four months. I just figured out. Um, And I came to. And was that because that's how it works with the adoption agencies there? You have to be a certain age? No, it's just. you get put into um, foster care mm-hmm. until they find you your forever home, oh, as you would call it for a, home. a dog. I don't know. It's like people use that now for dog rescues, right? Right. right. They're forever home. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm not exactly sure. I don't think it's a rigid structure as mm-hmm. far as like age goes. I right. think I was really lucky though that um, at that time, uh, adoptees from Korea were very. It was very popular mm-hmm. and um, high in demand, and you didn't have to go. The parents didn't have to go to Korea to get the children. In China, they had to go get them. So it was a, a harder journey. It was <laughs> little, ha- I, I just like literally, yeah, literally harder journey and more money. So, uh, so you were rich. I, they were, <laughs> we were rich, and I flew myself over from South Korea. Probably in first class, no less. I mean, listen, <laughs> t- 23 hours, you better fly me first class. Oh, my gosh. In like a bassinet. I don't even know how they did it. I threw up all over myself. No. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and um, they rolled me into JFK, and my parents picked me up at JFK. And you, I, I've seen pictures you were like a little doll. You were li- you were literally a little doll. It's like cu- you were fat, the cutest baby, fat baby. I w- I didn't come out like skinny and then like got fat after the f- like the formula. I was like a fat baby right out. 
you know, right but out the gate. You were all cheeks. You were uh, all cheeks. And legs. And legs. Legs for days. <laughs> Just days. wrinkles, like the Michelin man. Um, yeah. And then we were, the, the rest is slightly history, I guess, but that was my, my journey over to America. That's so nuts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's so cool because you talk about it so openly. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people um, don't share that story. Sure. And that's great. It's, it's, well, it's everyone's own story to tell. Well, that's the thing. It's everybody's story. Everybody's story is different. No adoptee feels the same way. Right. Um, I, I always just felt like I had so much love and support my entire life. Um, my dad's Italian, my mom's Irish Catholic. So like you get a feel and for And then you have the Jewish last name of us. Yeah, it's weird. It's <laughs> so strange. Um, but yeah, they like, I felt so much love and support from them that like, I never felt like the adoptee and the stories that you hear about abandonment, um, outright, like, mm-hmm. uh, and being, you know, feeling like there was something missing. Like I never felt like that, like other people were depicting adoption. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still don't feel there's enough stories out there that share the positive side of adoption mm-hmm. like you know my one of my other best friends sam i know i was just gonna twinster. ask you to tell this story really sure. quickly because you yeah. you came together you yeah um she's a korean adoptee right she um we produced a movie a documentary because at 25 years old she was uh on facebook and got this message from another Korean adoptee with the same birthday who looked just like her and said, like, don't Lindsay Lohan, like, parent trap me out. Like, I'm, you know, just don't freak out. And they come to find that they're identical twins separated at birth from Korea. One went adopted to a Parisian family and one adopted to an American family in Jersey. And at 26 year old, they finally met. So uh, the documentary is called Twinsters. It's, I think it's still on Netflix. I think it's also on Amazon. Probably. It's it's around Maybe that's a lot. streaming. <laughs> it's it's one of those. It's one of the and I and I say this as a friend and I say this as an outsider, mm-hmm. that it's one of the most incredible documentaries I've ever seen oh. because it's so inspiring. And I was a basket case during that whole screening. I was crying. The I whole mean, time. if you're ever not a basket case during that story, it's like you have no heart. You have because no heart. like that's crazy. And they're the cutest things in the whole world. They're the cutest things to see their personalities, mm-hmm. to see how much they learned about each other. Yeah. To finally have someone that not only look like them, not only act like them, but thought the same way. Oh, it's so weird. They showed up with the same color nail polish on when they met. It was like teal. It wasn't like a like a, a light right. pink. Yeah, right, right, exactly. Right. right. Um, yeah, they really think the same. It was interesting though, because like what we're talking about with every adoptee story is different and everybody's story and journey is different. Um, Sam never really felt like something was missing. Like she had a very similar story to mine. We had siblings and you know we we grew up in very diverse towns and like adoption was well accepted and known and um and Anais the French adoptee and Sam's twin did not feel the same she felt uh she's an introvert she felt really lonely she felt like something was missing she thinks it was Sam that she was missing I know and um you know in the French culture it's not quite as accepted and they don't talk about their feelings as much was she adopted into a Korean family no, a French family. French, but like French. French, white, white French. Yes. I don't know what you like call that. Madeline. I'm sorry. Madeline. Madeline. <laughs> Literally Madeline. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, you know, everybody's story is a little bit different and everybody's, um, but you see more of the, than, 
negative stories about abandonment and about being left behind and feeling like you're, you know, you need to meet your birth parents to find out who you really are. Right, right. Um, And that's their journey and that's what it is. But um, I never felt that way. It's so funny because, I mean, I don't know if this is funny. I always say something's <laughs> mm-hmm, funny mm-hmm. just because I, no, I, I need everything to be funny. I, uh, right? To, don't we? To go on with my life. Um, <laughs> to move one to foot move in front of the one, other. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but my um, my cousins, I have four of which were adopted mm-hmm. into the same family. I think I've told you about this. Mm-hmm. Um, and it started as my um, my cousin could not have children, mm-hmm. and she always wanted to adopt. So she adopted a girl, and then she adopted a boy, and then that boy actually had a biological sister that was born. <gasps> and so they adopted her, and oh. at the same time, they were adopting another girl as well. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, you know, in her 40s, uh, the miracle baby, she had her own what? child, and she was told her whole life she couldn't. Um and it was so interesting because I was raised watching a family who is such a blended family. Yeah. None of them looked alike. That's hilarious. Um, it's, it's super crazy. It, it's and so cool for me to be part of that. Yeah. And, and see that. Yeah. But they all felt like this tight knit group. That's amazing. But um, all of them had such different, um, different issues on their own. Right. Um, and yeah. Not pointing out anything in specifics, but this was what I learned through this, through my family, was a lot of them had um, specific mental issues that the others didn't. Hmm. Um, And I I know for this, as well as other friends who have been adopted, that was always a question Hmm. of not wanting to find out who your, your, you know, biological father and mother were just to know. It was to know beyond just, oh, are there any chronic diseases or mm-hmm. issues, but really the specifically the mental. That makes um, sense. Because I can step here and I can tell you that uh, bipolar disorder runs in my father's side of the family. Got it. Got he it. had bipolar disorder. Oh. Never admitted it. That's fine. Yeah. His mother was uh, bipolar. Never admitted it, but... Right. There are stories of her chasing around his father with a frying pan beating him up. Oh, boy. And oh everyone boy. said, oh, well, she's just, you know, a crazy Italian. And, yeah, you know, like, you look back at it now and you're like... Undiagnosed. Un- undiagnosed. Un- yeah, unaware. Yeah. All these things. Sure. And so I, I wonder... Mm-hmm. Was that, I mean, there's more to this story. I'll I'll give you a side little interesting note. Is the two that were adopted that were biological brother and sister. Yeah. They found out on Facebook that they were two of 19. (gasps) No. What? Yeah, 19. That's... And all the same mother and father. And they have their own special, incredible relationship with those brothers and sisters. Oh, that's amazing. Um, But they found out in their 20s. Wow. Um, but what's so wonderful is um, one of the other girls is very close to my cousin, who was who was one of the girls. Yeah, and they all found certain things that they had in common Similar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in regards to mental. Sure. And was that ever something that you talked about with Sam or Anais or yeah. even with you that you've ever been curious with? Because I also know that you started Kindred Adoption. Yeah. So the nonprofit Kindred, which is kind of dormant at the moment, just because like. 
it's hard to run a nonprofit, oh hey? Exactly. Um, is all about the adoptee. It was like kind of this like first stop shop to help people guide them to other organizations um, to either be reunited with their birth family or find a translator or meet their foster mom or whatever it was. You know, we wanted to be able to be the hub to help direct them in the right direction. Um, but we did that and it, because we started coming across a lot of adoptees who were very curious about meeting their birth parents and finding out where they came from. And personally, I felt like I never wanted to meet my birth parents until much later in my life. I had a, a short stint where I thought about it. I don't anymore. Um, and I, it's only because I really am curious, like where I get my musicality from and where right. I get my looks from and where I get like all of it, you know, right. and, and nature versus nurture. Like I find that my mom, um, on Long Island, like we all, my brother, my mom, and I all actually, and I was thinking about this on the way to recording this, like we all suffer from like very minimal um, OCD. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because like we all did that. I'm like, but none of us are fully like my... Um, my mom is, my brother is from my mom's first marriage. I was, I, I'm not blood related at all. And it's just really interesting. So but maybe it is uh, absolutely. It could nurture. be nurture and you just don't really ever know. And there's not enough studies to prove any of them. I mean, there are obviously in, but you know, really. but not really. Right. Because I was talking to, um, uh, one of my friends, um, uh, David Haggerty, who's mm. who's doing like a kind of guest show with me, Beauty and the Brain on the show. Fun. He's a neuroscientist. Awesome. So he tells me the specific Whoa. interesting facts about things. And he told me that we don't know anything about the brain. That's And it's cray. Totally. It's How do we terrifying not? Because there's so much right. that we are learning every single day. Mm -hmm. Um I mean, I can't imagine, like, how do you also, like, yeah, how do you study the brain? Because everybody's brain is, everybody is so different, and they function right. so differently, and each, it's, every brain uses a different capacity, and right. so it's, it's fascinating. You really need over millions of, of tests, uh, you know, studies to, right. and people to actually do and that. For so. specifically bipolar disorder. I'm talking like I'm a me, scientist. Like no, I know. no, no, no. <laughs> Listen, I, I'm, I am repeating things that he has told me so I can sound smart on Great. this show. That's the way to do it. It's the only thing. Fake I'm like, tell me it. this information so they don't think I'm just a dumb blonde actress. Like, just keep Who it going. Who wants to start a podcast. Who wants to start a podcast. What an original idea. <laughs> no, 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 no. But he told me that specifically with bipolar disorder, it takes an average of four years to diagnose. Wow. Because it's the last thing on a checklist that they go through mm -hmm. with with mm -hmm. illness, right? Um, wow. So, and I have gone in there, and he he, you know, has family that suffers from mental illness, and I can specifically tell you, you know, diagnosis and addiction, you know, mm -hmm. on my father's side and all this stuff, and that helps a lot with the sure. diagnosis. Sure. I don't know how much, but I think it adds a little bit of a benefit. Totally. And so I just think to myself, wow, you know. What about these? What about these, you know, kids mm -hmm. who don't know their, their family yeah. history? Totally. And I think that uh, for my family and, and for friends that I also know that are adopted, excluding you from this situation, like yeah. for right now for this example, of they wonder, oh, you know, is cancer, you know, totally. run in the family? Because another one of my friends, Paige, she found out that her, every woman on her side of the family had breast cancer. Wow. And I forget, I, I feel so dumb not knowing what it is. But she had whatever the, um, 
Not the blood type. Oh, gosh, what is it? She found out that it, she had a very high chance, just like Angelina Jolie, mm-hmm. that she was going to have to, you get, know, right, get it. a double she, mastectomy. Got it, got she it. She had a double mastectomy at 24 years wow. old because she to knew avoid. it is going to happen, you know, at eventually. At some point, so let me just let avoid me just it now. Do this. Wow. So I think, you know, for my friends and cousins, oh, my gosh, for the women. Like, yeah. What if this is something that is, totally. is a dominant gene? Do they have to say that in the adoption papers? I'm not sure because no. how, especially for my friends that are 30s and above, right. they didn't know any of this information back in the day. No. So how could it possibly be in, in paper? I so I wonder, you know, we're always, you know, the physical ailments of that being involved, yeah. knowing things about the mental. Right. And so I just, my heart goes out because I'm Definitely. like, God, we don't know anything about the brain. We don't know anything and about it. imagine not knowing anything And for people who don't sign. go get help because they don't realize that they're actually, they need to be diagnosed and right. are, are ill. Right. Like in right. some, you know, right. uh, capacity. Right. So, yeah, I didn't, I actually really never thought about that either. Um, oh, sorry. No. <laughs> Oops. Oops. I'm like, oh, that makes sense. No. <laughs> I don't think that. I don't think a lot of people know about it because mental health is such a new um, issue to be talked about at right. all, right? Right, and not even just to say it in regards to adoption. I mean, I know sure. so many people that are just like, I don't want to talk about our issues. Totally. We don't have any problems. Like, totally. my parents get along great. Right. And there's no, in the subconscious, there are so many issues that they know are going on, but they are so fearful to get right. the help sure. because there's still such a fucking stigma on it. Exactly. And, and it's like, exactly. hey guys, we all got problems, we all got emotions, we I all got to deal with them, right? You know, yeah. and that's just kind of how it is. I know, you know. And I think you've had so much pressure on you. I don't even know how you did it. <laughs> I mean, I kind of understand, but I've never been on stage. You did Broadway since you were a baby. Yeah, I mean, I started when I was three in the business at all, and then I know it was wild. And then I, I was on Broadway. I mean, I did my first Broadway show when I was nine. Um, which I was talking about the other day. Was that day. the King and I? Yes. And oh, I, I, was and I really want everyone to Google. Oh, what can they Google? Because it's my favorite. You in the Macy's Day Parade yeah. performing the King and I. It was 1996. I, I think it was the 1996 <laughs> Macy's Day Parade where we did Getting to Know You. And I have like a mini solo in it. So yeah, you'll find me. Yeah, it's I ridiculous. saw the King and I on Broadway so many times when I was a kid. See, you so probably I, saw I inevitably me. saw you. No, you Absolutely. must have. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's funny. As a kid, you don't, you don't think about it like that. I think it worked in my favor. I mean, there are a lot of things that I'm learning about myself now from those experiences that didn't work in my favor. Mm-hmm. Um, the things that did were I learned discipline and um, how to be a team player so early in my life. Um, and I learned, you know, like it, Broadway is not easy. And there's a rule, like, I think it's like six and under, you have to do you have to split it up into four shows and four shows because Broadway is eight shows a week. So it's kind of like the twin thing where yeah, they have twins exactly. working on Fuller House. Like exactly. Full House, right? Any kid below, what is it, like 12 or be under nine, I think. Yeah, that's what right. it is. But I was nine on Broadway, and so I did eight shows a week. And you just learn that kind <sighs> of, like, stamina at a really young age. Like, this is how it works. And were you in school at the same time? Yeah, so my parents bought a minivan. I lived no. 55 <laughs> minutes from the city. So they would drive me into the city after work, uh, after school, sorry. I would go to work. <laughs> I would do the show. It was a two-hour and 50-minute show. I had nine costume changes. <gasps> I was on for probably two hours of it, is my guess. And then um, 
they would drive me home at night and they got the minivan so that the back seat could recline so I could sleep on the way home and then go to school in the morning. So I went to school in the mornings, except for Wednesdays when we had two shows. If you could see my face, my jaw is on the floor right now. <laughs> it's crazy, right? You just, here's How the thing. As a kid, as a kid, you're so resilient. You have so much energy. When you look at right. a kid now these days, you're like, "How do they have all this energy?" Cuz I literally want to I played with them for 10 minutes and I want to lay Especially on the couch. Especially our friends that are moms and they bring the kids over. Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm like, like oh, "Okay, God. that was fun." Like, yeah. hi. hi. <laughs> um, but I I didn't think about it until later in life when I was like, "I don't know how I did that." Um it played into, I definitely feel like I missed out on a regular quote unquote life as a kid. Um, like I don't remember f- ever completing like full school days, like mm-hmm. in a week, like, cause we'd have to leave early to go to auditions cause it'd take us an hour and a half. Right. Um, and I missed out on like activities and, um, I definitely feel like I, I became such a team player that like I no longer had an opinion after a while. I was almost right. too co-op- co- cooperative. Right. Even on Glee for a really long time, like I felt like a welcome mat because I be I was like, you you show up, you shut your mouth, and like there's a level of like respect. Yeah, yeah, and figuring out where you draw the line. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know how to draw the line. Well, especially ever. because that was your first television show. Yeah, exactly. And and it was a big television show. Gosh, it was and huge. it was and we worked Still is so huge. much. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know my cousins are just discovering. Well, that's the crazy part. There's this new school. generation now. Yeah. You're like, that's so weird. And the kids who watched it with us when we were shooting it are now adults. And I'm like, right. that's also weird because yeah. that makes me feel really old. Yeah. <laughs> like really, really old. But anyway, thanks, Netflix. Thanks. Um, yeah. It, it, so I, there were really great things from being a kid actor, but there were, you know, obviously you started young too. Like, it's just like, I just feel like the, the, I, yes, I started out when I was nine years old. Mm-hmm. I feel I had more discipline and was very active as younger than nine mm-hmm. because my mom had me in Taekwondo right. every day after school. I became a black belt in Taekwondo and no one believes it. And let me I tell you, I put can't. those fucking hours in. So you better believe it. <laughs> and what I just found, and I will show you. My first commercial I ever did no. was Nestle Quick. No. Mulan. No. And I was a no. black belt in Taekwondo and I did my ayahs and hayas and I did my kicks. In and a Nest Quick commercial. In a Nest Quick commercial advertising, you could win a three foot Mushu. Mushu was the cartoon that was played oh, yes, by Eddie Murphy. Yes, the dragon. Yes, the dragon. So Whoa. that exists for anyone that doesn't believe Whoa. it. But I also was a competition dancer, and I did mm-hmm. jazz and tap and ballet. And That's a that, whole other world. That was a hey? whole other world. But that was very much like Broadway because yeah. you had to be on stage. Yep. And my weekends were completely full yep. because I had my dance competitions. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not to mention my mother put me in Kumon math because there was nothing I, I like better than math. No, stop. I was in Kumon because in seventh grade, I wasn't auditioning as much, but I hadn't been in school. Oh, so it helped you advance. So, well, it helped me pick, catch pick up. back up. Right. And like, actually, Kumon did not do anything because they gave you more work than your schoolwork. They didn't even focus on your schoolwork. They just gave oh, you no, more it was, work. It was, it was like drills. Work. And yeah. I was like, 
but help me with my actual schoolwork. No, it was it was rigid. But I would force my child to do it if I if I have a child. I don't feel like <laughs> that I'll need to because I have a math teacher as a boyfriend yeah, right basically, now. Like, basically, so right. So you're I'm good. good to go. You're good to go. I'm going to force my children to be in there and I'm going to slap Kuman. their hands. Is there with, even Kumon anymore? Ruler. Yes, it is. Mm. There's one down the street. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know this. Don't worry. I know all this stuff. There's one. She knows. She's like, it's right it's near right my down house. The street. I understand what it's like to be a kid in quote-unquote, actor. Sure. Um, But in a very different way, because when I moved to L.A., I had already for two years, every Saturday, been shooting a kids' club up north in San Francisco, where I was from. Oh, my God. And we did an interview show where we interviewed the Mayor Willie Brown. Oh. We interviewed uh, the San Jose Sharks. We went to SeaWorld and did things. And I even interviewed John Waters. No, no. Pink Flamingo was such an amazing movie what? to me, and I was nine, and, you and were it like, was very embarrassing for him that this nine-year-old knew about Pink Flamingo. Yeah. If anyone has not seen Pink Flamingo, I really recommend seeing it, because then you will be really scared and put my mother in child services or whatever they do to take them away, because you're like, Just how could she have up. let her Lock her up, this? lock, lock her lock up. Lock Marsha Glow up lock right Marcia now. Up. Lock her up. Um, So I would do all this. And that's what got me bit by the camera bug. Because Mm. I had auditioned because someone had seen me at a dance competition. Got it. Got it. And that is why I've always wanted to have my own talk show. Because I secretly love hosting and interviewing people. Because I love talking to people. I love hosting. But I feel where I was different is... Yes, there was a lot of work put into because I was in school and then I was homeschooled and I did the auditions and I did work on sets. Yeah. But you had an everyday school, driving, go, perform in front of a group, group, in front of a group of people. Yeah. Performing drains so much from you being Mm -hmm. on a stage Mm -hmm. that I cannot imagine Mm -hmm. how you were able to do that. That is a hats off to you because that is oh, so much harder than even a kid actor would do being in a TV show or a movie. Oh, thanks. Thanks so much. Uh, just strap it. No, I'm kidding. Um, I I will say, though, being on t- camera, there's, it takes something psychological out of you that I'm like, I don't know how to... After being on set for, you know, 12, 13 hours a day, I'm like, I don't, I don't have a brain anymore. Yeah, like, but I also don't... you were doing a show where you were singing and dancing. <laughs> that is true. You were recording music when you guys <laughs> had your true, time off. Fair. You that's were learning fair. dances. <laughs> I mean, that show, people have no idea how much work was put into that it show. Was, it was probably, it was the craziest thing. It's probably one of the hardest shows that's ever been in TV world. I mean, listen, I'm not, we're not doing 50 night shoots like Game of Thrones, but like, you know, singing and dancing. It, and it was like, you didn't do it once. You did it for one musical number took like seven hours. So it was like, okay, we'll just do it again. And we do it again until we get it. And then there's a different setup and you do it again and you do it again. At least on Broadway, like it's harder, but like, at least you know where you're going. Like, you know where the right. beginning and the end is mm-hmm. and you kind of know where you'll feel like afterwards. Like, um... Uh, on camera, like every day is so different and every day is so taxing in a different way that like, um, some days it's just, I don't know. They're both pretty, they're hard in their own way. So you went and you did Waitress Musical. I did. Which was one of my favorite movies (laughs) to begin. Me too. 
Loved it. And then Sarah Bareilles, which... Sarah Bareilles, incredible. <sighs> also, the main character's name was Jenna. Weird. And so our other best friend, Jenna, Jenna. Goldsmith. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Jenna. Goldie. Um, Jenna always thought that that movie was about her, in case you no. know. Because Jenna is a baker, a baker. And she was like, oh my gosh, it's about me. I'm a baker. I love to bake pies. My what? name is Jenna. So when you got that, I know that was so exciting for both of us. Because we were like, oh my God, she's doing Jenna Gold's life story. Right now. It was a big deal. But I went and I saw you and I hung out with you two times because I took my mom to it. And then the second time I was in New York and I was hanging out with your co-host, Kevin, Kevin. McHale. Um, in the dressing room. Backstage in the dressing room, so taking pictures in your costumes. Yes. Um, Which is highly illegal, but Highly whatever. illegal, not appropriate, me. but we're not on the show right now. Doesn't we're, matter. We're not doing waitress. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but my question for you is, because I don't know the Broadway world and I don't know theater, do you feel like because you did it as a child and into your teens that it was easier doing waitress or were you more in your head because That's you're an question. adult and we all have things in our head when we're adults? That's a good question. Um, it's interesting because the, the students on Broadway that I've had were 9, 23, and 31. Wow. Or 30, 31. So all very different places in my life. Um, I want to say it was easier in, in the sense that, like, I knew the schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, you but, knew how the hours would be. You know how you would work schedule yeah, and sleep schedule would yeah, turn out. Yeah, but, like, number one, coming off of Glee, this is, like, the first bigger thing I did. Mm-hmm. Um, so the pressure was definitely on. I learned the show in nine days, and so... I had no idea. Yeah. So Kamika Glenn actually had an issue that she, a health issue, and she um, she was actually having panic attacks on stage. And <gasps> she's she's talked about this, so I'm not sharing. And this is the news. girl whose role who is, you ended who up originally. Doing? Yeah. And so I she had over. panic attacks. On stage. Yeah. Oh my god. And this is something I think she shared on Instagram. Yeah, 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 so yeah, 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 if yeah, not, we'll fine. cut it. But right. Um, <laughs> but I can't uh, even imagine. Yeah. And so uh, she left the show, and they. They needed somebody, an understudy came in, and understudy on Broadway is somebody who has a role in the show, but then steps into a principal role. Um, and they needed the understudy. So after she did it for like 20 days, they were like, we need to bring somebody in and quick. I had originally auditioned for it back in like... Uh, when it first like, originated? Yeah, like months, probably like six months to a year before. And... Um, I was pretty bummed that I didn't get it because I just loved it so much. And they had me tape it like five times. It was just one of those things where you like thought you were going to get it and right. you didn't. Um, and so when they called me, they brought me in. They I, they had me do the whole thing. And then I left. And maybe two hours later, they called me and told me that I got it. So it was like I didn't have to wait very long, which was great. And they are like, can you start tomorrow? <gasps> so I started the next day. And they were like, as soon as you can be off book, that would be awesome. And they were <laughs> sure. like... And they were like, we think we'll put you in in like two weeks. Like, I was like, great. Like, that's fine. Right. I learned the show pretty quickly. Um, I'm a quick study. So they they were like, I think we can put you in earlier. Can we put you in in 10 days? And I was like, ah. So I had my put in, which is after all your rehearsals, the day of your show, first show, they put you in with the cast. The cast doesn't have to wear their costumes, but you have to wear your costumes, obviously. So I went in for my put in and I did the put in and then you get notes afterwards and they talk to you on the stage. Everybody else goes to get food before the show. And I sit down after the put in and I just burst into tears. 
No, I didn't know that. I burst into tears and they were so happy with it. And I did, I thought I did like a great job. I I was pretty happy with the way it went, but I think the emotional stress of, and pressure of having to learn something that quickly and knowing like there's also additional pressure from where I was coming from. Right. Um, And also I hadn't done a Broadway show in 15 years. Like. Uh, or like 10 years or whatever it was. Uh, and people were not only coming because Waitress was so hot, people were coming because Jenna Ushkowitz from <laughs> Glee was making her Broadway comeback. And I was in panic shambles, shambles. Um, but it was okay. And my, my stage manager who was like, I don't know what this means. And I was like, I don't either. Like, How did you no even idea. pull it together after that? You know, they gave me notes and then I, I got back into like the technical aspect of it. And uh-huh. I think I needed the emotional release. I think I needed that one to to be emotional. Right. And then after that, you're like, okay. It's like when you watch something that makes you cry and you watch it again, it doesn't really make you cry. Right. Like it's that it's well, that emotional for yourself. shock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for some crying Crying commercials. I mean, we watched Queer Eye all day yesterday and I was oh like. Oh my God, forget about it. Da, 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 da. Forget um, about it. But, but yeah. it's, I, I totally know that feeling of <laughs> it, it's. I guess the closest thing that I can I can relate to you is when I'm doing an audition, then I get a call back, mm-hmm. then I meet with the producers, mm-hmm. then you have the director session, then you go to studio, and then you go to network. And for those of you who don't know this, studio and network sucks mm-hmm. because you are going in front of, you know, 25 to 50 people casually judging you. They're in suits. They're not actors. They expect you to be off book. And then if you are off book, sometimes there's people that will say to you, oh, it looks like she's trying too hard. I even had um, one network test. The reason why I didn't get the show is because one of the producers told me someone at the network thought I reminded him of his ex-wife. And that they couldn't imagine me being on a show with an ex-wife. Yeah. To be joking. But every time I go through one of those meetings, yep. especially the network test, yeah. you have so much buildup. Mm-hmm. So much buildup. And when I get in the car, I put the <laughs> script down. I put on my favorite, like, Kate Bush song. Something very <laughs> aggressive. Like, yeah. you know. Um, and I just yeah. let it all out. And I cry. And I, even if it went amazing. Yeah, exactly. And most of the time, I gotta be honest, I leave those those network calls and I'm like feeling pretty good. I did the best I could. Yeah. I kicked ass. I was myself. Yeah. Either they're gonna love me or they hate me and that's just what it is. I mean, it's that's a good... It, how long did it take you to get to that place? Yeah. Like, how, but, like, how many times did I test? I'd say probably 45. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> to be like, to the, get to that point where you're like, I did my best and right. that's enough. Right. Um, but it's but yeah, draining. It's it like, is so ugh. draining and it's so tough and especially in like network and studio tests like you know you are so close and at some point like the like you have to let go because there's nothing you can do about it's it it's the pressure it's Ooh. just built a pressure it's auditions like a, are just the worst yeah and it's like an earthquake right yeah. all this you know mm-hmm. s- what is, i mean it sounds smart ready all this seismic energy that definitely is not what it is. But I wanted to do that. The seismic energy builds up, and then the two craters are rubbing back and forth. Whoa. This sounds like a kind of Staying a porn. very sexually into this. But Whoa. yeah, it's, it's an explosion. It's like the, the volcano erupts, and it's like, 
here I am. Yeah, at some point, it's gotta, it's gotta release itself somehow, and so it's either through tears or laughter yeah. or anger or whatever it is. But, but the good thing of, of <laughs> having a group of friends yeah. is you guys are there for each other. Exactly. Um, it's nice being in a relationship yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Um, but for you in this case, it's really good. Um, but I think that uh, I was talking to the girls from Stepsisters from the Netflix movie. Yeah. And we said that, thank God we all had each other because it was such a support system. Yeah. Because that was definitely one of the hardest shows that I, uh, movies I'd ever filmed because it was not as hard as Glee, but it was in the sense where there was dancing. Yeah. Rehearsal. Rehearsal, performance, um, in the heat of, you know, 100 degrees and human shooting it in a basement. It was a lot. But it took everything out of us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But the one thing that we can all agree on was, thank God we had each other because I could cry and go to Lyndon's room. I could go to Eden's room. I could go to Megalyn's room. Like, whomever it was that day, we were there for each other. And I think that that must have been really great on Glee. Yeah. And some of your best friends to this day, including your co-host, Kevin, of... Showman's podcast, which we'll talk about at the end. Um, you guys were all there for each other. Yeah, it's it was an interesting thing because it's very similar to what you're saying about um, stepsisters. Like you get you 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 band together in these really tough circumstances, and you support each other because like nobody else really understands what you're going through. Mm-hmm. And on another level, like Glee, it was we were in a glee bubble for so long because it hadn't aired and we were shooting it. So when it finally aired and everybody personally started to feel it seep into not only the, the work of the, you know, the phenomenon itself, but into our personal lives mm-hmm. and being followed and being recognized. Um, that was something that like, you know, you can't, especially the beginning of fame, like it goes away, fame goes away, but like it, in the beginning when you were just becoming famous in, in the height of it, like the pressure and the, um, the shock of it mm-hmm. is so jarring. Mm-hmm. So, um, to and really cling just, on to the people, like we would literally just hold hands when we would go outside. Well, and you guys were all, you were known very famous in the Broadway world, but a lot, but this was the first, and I mean, this, this is, is all of our breakouts, zero one percent of the world that went through what you guys did because you yeah. were on billboards all over. Like yeah. it was a big thing. Yeah. This was yeah. this was it. Yeah, this yeah. was for the everybody big moment, and it went from zero to two hundred, yeah. like in above 60, the Richter scale, in seismic, a, overnight. seismically, seismically, <laughs> overnight. Yeah, it was um, it was wild, and the fact that like it it happened not only in just the U.S. like in L.A. like you know people don't really care who the f you are like it, right. you see them all the time you right. see celebrities all the time, um, but you can go home to your hometown, you go to Australia, you go to England, you go to um, all these different places where people are recognizing you, and you're like, what is happening? Mm-hmm. Like, where mm-hmm. are we? You can't walk around. It's it's a. Uh, scary sometimes too. Right. So there was definitely like people reacted differently to it as well. So like we really had to like look out for each other because some people completely just like retracted into themselves and wouldn't talk about it. And some people were just like so outward about it because they just hated it so much. Right. Um, so there was just like all these different 
you know, journeys that everybody was going through. Um, So we really had to look out for each other and stick to each other. And, you know, like there was one funny story where we went to our first upfronts, which is when you present all the show, the network presents all the shows to advertisers for the year. And Glee was a big one. We performed live um, in New York City. Oh no, like you better believe we performed wherever there was a chance. And it was like, we're performing again. They're like, but that's what this is. We're like, we get it. We yeah, get it. Yeah. We get it. Um, we went to Ruby Foods in Times Square and we were staying at the W Times Square, which is like where they put up all the talent, which is probably the worst place. It's oh. so. They um, always put you in Times Square. That's where we were. Oh and then God, it's just so out there. It's like so obvious. Anyway, so we went to Ruby Foods and it was just the cast and we had a really nice dinner where we all like went around and said like something we were like really grateful for um, in that moment. And it was just like the height of the show. So it was really moving and like brought us together. Um, but then we um, we walked back to the hotel and we knew there's like a ton of paparazzi a ton of fans and people were screaming and they were trying to get in our faces so we decided we were going to freak them out and be like a really weird cult and like hold hands so we held hands in um like uh what do you call it a chain and we walked in as a chain together it was the weirdest funniest thing we've ever done but we kind of felt like we broke the system at that point a little bit and it like it brought like real like i don't know uh like a, a nice calmness to it all in a way, right. to, have you guys it, to are, actually uh, physically be holding hands. Right. And that just totally triggered me into the movie Us when they. Did I've you see us? Oh, there's a. Now you should watch Us now knowing this hand holding thing. Guess. It's so creepy. It is so creepy at the beginning and the end of the movie of the holding of the hands that I can't even picture you guys doing this right now because all I'm thinking about is the brilliant Jordan Peele and all of the. Oh, um, so good. Wow. Anyways, anyway, that's very, very okay. exciting for you. Is okay. there, are there any pictures of that? You know what? I don't think so. I'm sure if we dug really deep. I bet we, we could probably find... There are so many pictures from those upfronts that you'd have to dig... Pr- I'm sure we could find one. You know what I think was really cool about your show was... Um, do you know that I auditioned for Vanessa Ledging's role? <gasps> for Sugar Mana? Yes. No way. Because Eric Stoltz was directing that That's episode. Right. And Eric Stoltz played my dad in Caprica. That's And right. I had, I had, I never auditioned for Glee. That was the only audition. So weird. And she was supposed to have a really terrible voice. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. first of all, Vanessa was perfect for it. <laughs> but I remember doing that audition and, and he was like, and let me tell you this. I can hold a tune. Okay, I have a very loud voice. I can project. <laughs> I can do all this. Yeah. I am certainly not even one one millionth of what everyone on Glee was. But I was like, oh, this is a no brainer. I have a terrible voice. Like, it, it, this will work. This will this work. I'm in. Um, but doing that audition and having to do the whole song where I was singing it off key and doing it all wrong, while it was the funniest thing, all I kept thinking was, holy shit, this would be so hard if I actually (laughs) had to properly sing. Just the pressure of an audition in which Eric was already a dear friend of mine and I felt like it was a safe space because he taught me so much in Caprica about directing and about about being like a a, a solid actor. I just was so stressed out. And I just thought, how do they do this? Oh, Oh, I still get stressed out in singing auditions. I went in for the same casting directors of Glee for another singing role. And um, the accompanist kind of like jumbled it up a little bit. And it was one of, and when you push, when you sing, you go, you go sharp. So like, I was definitely sharp. (laughs) I was sweating. (gasps) 
bullets, yeah. like literal bullets. You yeah. could see them falling yeah. down my face. And it was the coldest room I've ever, like, and not physically coldest. It was just a icy people. deadpan room. Yeah, right. exactly. And I was like, oh, no. And it was like pretty recently. And it was scarring. <gasps> and it was horrible. I mean, it was horrible. I've never sounded worse. It's the stress. It is the stress. It's the stress. It's just, there's so much pressure and there's so many things that are out of your control in an audition. And then uh, on singing audition, there's so many other things that are out of your control. Right. And like, you just have to let it go. But like, it was just a really crappy, crappy experience. Most of my singing auditions are. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Uh, this is totally off. From yeah, what we, we can are move away from about. this. No, 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 because I thought that was amazing. <laughs> but what I find so um, comforting and warm, I think that this is where I was trying to go earlier and it wasn't making sense to me. And now I figured it out. <laughs> Great. What I find so comforting and I am so in awe of is I have met a lot of people from your show. Mm-hmm. I have the honor of being, you know, yeah. friends and friendly with a lot of people. Yeah. And I know that throughout the years when new people would come on, like Becca came on, yeah. you know, a couple seasons in, and Darren came on, yeah. and Jacob and all these things. Yeah. You guys have been so wonderful to those new people <laughs> and open arms. And I remember, I think Becca was like after her first day of shooting or something, mm-hmm. you and I used to live in the same building and I came down to your, or I came up to your apartment. Yeah. And she was in there, and so was Jacob. And you're like, yeah, they just got here. They've only been here for a day of shooting, and, like, we're all mm-hmm. fast friends. And I thought, that is so wonderful because I have been oh. on so many shows, um, you know, pretty far back, not recently. Recently I've had amazing experiences yeah. where I've come on a show three seasons deep. Right. And a hit show like not, Big Bang Theory. Well, Big Bang, they were the fucking best people <laughs> I mean, in the entire great. world. Oh, Thank God, goodness. Just, that was the best set I've ever been on. It's, horr- it's, it's horrifying. It's horrifying, though, right? it's, and it's scary, yeah. and the anxiety that I build. And yeah. I would go home. There was one show that I was on, and I'll never say it, but um, I left that day on set, the first day, and everyone was so mean to me. I was hysterically crying, and I questioned whether I wanted to be in this business. Wow. And I was ready to quit. I called my manager, and I'm like, you know what? I really don't think this is the job for me, and I don't think think this is a career for me wow. because I'm a strong person. Yeah. But when people are so mean and not warm to it's you, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Well, for you're me. such a nice person too, that it's I like, try to and be. warm and, I, you I, know, I, and, and social and right, great. Right. And I want everyone to feel comforting of and I course. want everyone to feel like cozy. Yeah. And I yeah. think that you guys did such an incredible job at that. Oh, thanks. That it shows because you have these people as your forever friends. Yeah. We are all a family and friends and, you know, new year's late, like old year, whatever graduates. Um, but like, yeah, the new class was different, and it was it was weird because it. W- <laughs> we make this joke that like we decided on the day we were like, are we going to be nice to this person or not? But it's not true. Like right. we were, we, we right. have a generally right. really nice cast of people, right. um, and we're very lucky for that. And I think we learned from each other how to be kinder to each other and kinder right. to ourselves over the years. Right. And um, yeah, it, it was like. It's just easier to be nicer than it is to start a fight too. Like we could have, we're all family and it's like fighting, being with your siblings every day, all day long until you literally go to bed, close your eyes, wake up, and then you're back in the chair. Mm -hmm. So like we could, we all know how to nitpick each other. We know how to push each other's buttons. We definitely know how to do that. But we were like, why? It's not worth it. And And it was just... 
it was a really great work environment um, for the most part when we weren't literally exhausted and right, you know, on the floor. But um, well, which we, we were on the floor a lot. But yeah, we, you were on the floor a lot. <laughs> no, honestly, the, between those dance numbers, we'd lay on the floor on our backs, and, and they would bring exhausted. those big tubes in of air. So oh my god, um, and well, not yeah. to even like get into this because I don't need to get into this, but mm-hmm. I think that also what your show um, had very. Um, unique was losing one of your cast members. Yeah. Um, and like our basically main quarterback cast right, member. Right. Like he was the quarterback on the show, but he was also the quarterback like in uh, in the cast. Right. And we're talking about Corey, Corey Monteith, Monteith in case people haven't seen. Yeah. And I think that, you know, there, there's no need to get into all that. People have heard it enough. They've read it. They've seen it, all this. But I think what I would love to hear is how did you guys as a group come together? Yeah. Did, it obviously made you stronger. Yeah. Well, it's funny because that was right at the end of season three or four. And it was when everybody, the height of the show was kind of slowing down. I mean, it was still up there, but right. we were slowing down a little bit. Um, we've been around for a while. Um, you had won all the awards at yeah, that point. Yeah. And right. it, it came to the point where like we did the tours, we had the success. Now we're just like a running show. That's like, you know, we were there for the work. Mm-hmm. Um, and all the friendships that kind of like figure, we'd figure out where, where all of our friendships lay. Right. And like where, where that was. And so, um, a lot of us had started to date outside of the, the cast and mm-hmm. a lot of people had, um, other jobs going on, campaigns going on, photo shoots. So a lot of us weren't seeing each other like we were hanging out in the first three seasons. Mm-hmm. And, um, there was a, a slight, I don't want to say like it was not dramatic at all, but there was like a slight distance in the group. Everybody was like, okay, and that's very cool. natural. It's a natural exactly. thing after so many years of working life, with someone, you, know? you have your own life. And especially because you guys shot in LA, uh, where yeah. I've shot things in Vancouver for a long time, where it's and there you have no one else. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Super concentrated. So this was like, everybody was just, you know, doing their thing. Um, and Corey like brought the show back together. Mm. It was really weird. He brought the cast back together right after he passed away. Like we, um, we all like hung out quite a bit and we would go like to color me mine and just sit there and paint and talk about him and talk mm-hmm. about life and, um, catch up, which was like the best gift he could have given us because, uh, the, I feel like Lee will always be slightly branded by that, mm-hmm. by Corey's passing. And it should be because he was the heart of the show, mm-hmm. but like it definitely brought, um, like that is something that will bond us for life. Right. For well, life. I, 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 you know, you're absolutely. totally right. Yeah. And and did they have people that were there to help with grief and everything? Um, not really. Well, they offered it. Um, we didn't take it. Obviously, Leah had her own, you know, uh, journey and path to go on. All right. Um, but we, they offered it. They said I just if, didn't if, know because I've been on a set before where something Bad happens. Bad ha- right, right. happen. And sometimes they're like, hey, you know. Yeah. Well, like, you know, like Fox Idol, like American Idol, where like as soon as the contestants got kicked off, they right. would go straight well, to us. We like, know that because of their voice as well. Right. Exactly. Right. Well, we didn't have that, which we probably should have. Yeah. A lot of shows No, but a lot of, uh, but shows do have that and people are not aware of that. And it's. They should. It's. Amazing yeah. after people get kicked off that they have the support. And, totally. Yeah. But a lot of us had our own therapists at the time, which I had my own therapist at the time. And so, like, 
you know, they offered it and they said, if you need help, if you feel like you want to talk to somebody, we'll find you somebody. We're here. Um, but like a lot of us have kind of done our own work anyway. And so. you're such an open and strong person with therapy in general. I mm. love therapy so very much. <laughs> you get me inspired for therapy because therapy is a very hard <laughs> thing for me. And as much as I'm like, everyone needs to go to a therapist. Yeah. Everyone needs to talk. It was it was so hard with the, spe- with the specifics of bipolar yeah. disorder. Yeah, I bet. Um, I bet. And yeah. being mismedicated and stuff that I've had a hard time. Ugh. But when you, when you come back with such a positive outlook on it and yeah. you feel like this sense of relief and empowerment, yeah. it's empowering to the people around you to go, okay, you know what? Maybe I will think about this. Oh, Maybe this will hear. help. That's good to hear. It, I mean, my theory is, and David and I have both separately done our own work. We go to therapy every week, each week separately right? Um, in different therapists. And like it's, we really attest our relationship to the the years of work we did before each other. Like we say, if we've met, if we met each other um, five, six years before, we wouldn't have worked. I feel the same way about Sturgis. Yeah. It's amazing. And, and the amount of work that you do, you know, a lot of people also, I think, think, um, you know, I don't, the topical daily on the day to day is not what they need. That's actually what I, I need. And right. I didn't realize right. like, um, even if you don't have the topical, uh, you, there's so much stuff from your childhood and from past relationships, not just intimate relationships, friendships, and you know, the way that people handle you and talk to you and say things to you that trigger that, um, you know, like it's the days I go to therapy where I'm like, I don't have much to talk about this week that are literally the ones that end up being an hour and a half because they're just so deep. And so you just find that it finds its way all the way into you and pulls it out. Right. Um, but yeah, I'm, I love therapy. Um, cause you talk about it on my favorite podcast. Show man. <laughs> nice. Did you nice, like that? Did you like that nice quick, quick, transition. quick transition? It came to me just I now because I feel it. like I need to talk about this. Yeah. You have had your own <laughs> podcast before, which yes. I loved. Yes. Um, but we're specifically talking about Showman's. Yeah. Showman's is with you and your co-host, Kevin okay. McHale, who is your real life best friend. Yes. He's your real life other half. Yes. You guys have known each other. Ten years. You guys have been um, apparently spotted by the paparazzi making out in, <laughs> in Monte Monaco. Carlo. Um <laughs> We all know this story. Um, there's also, uh, for those of you who want to Google, there is a picture of Kevin and I because Jenna's camera, not your Jenna, Jenna Gold, her camera was stolen when we were all on this um, television and film festival in Monaco. And there was a picture of Kevin and I, and I was like grinding up on him. No. And not in a sexual way at all. It was like we were putting on a full Britney Spears dance performance. I believe it. I'm sure it was to Emma Slave for you. It I was believe probably it. proper choreography. I'm sure. I'm sure. Definitely us. Definitely on Wait, brand. Wait, so somebody found this camera? Someone found the camera. <laughs> Didn't you see the picture? <laughs> no. And someone released the picture of Kevin and I. Stop. And they were like, Caprica's Alessandro Torresani <laughs> grinding on Glee's Kevin McHale. Oh, my what God. must his girlfriend, Jenna Ushford, think of this? <laughs> I'm going to 
find this article. I have you the have picture. to find this because that was when Kevin and I were also moving in together in on Laurel Canyon. Right. And so Us Weekly, I mean, it's the most publicity I've ever gotten in my entire career. I love it. Was Kevin and I making out in Monaco at the festival we all were at. And then um, a week later, they found out we were moving in together and they called it the Love Nest. They said, no. Jenna and Kevin moving into the Love Nest. No. And so um, we then called our place the Love Nest from then on. I mean, because you have to, right? You have to. Yeah. It is the Love yeah, Nest. Yeah, it is the Love oh, Nest. Oh, the Love Nest, um, that house. Oh, so cra- There's so many secrets and ghosts that ha- were in that house. So many ghosts. Ugh, so, so creepy. So many ghosts. So creepy. But your but, show is so cute, and I really oh, recommend thanks. everyone listening to it because it's about friendship, and it's about best friends, and it's about whether they met specifically on a show that they worked on together or, right. like, through meeting on press or right. however they met. And hearing the stories, I think, oh, so cute. so cute. And my favorite, favorite, favorite episode everyone needs to listen to is Addison, Addison Timlin, Timlin and Jeremy Allen White. They're her fiance fiance soon to be husband and baby daddy baby daddy they are the isn't their story the cutest it's the cutest story I mean, I've ever friend, heard we're all friends and well, see, we I don't know Jeremy at all and I've known <gasps> Addison for like 10 right. years Jeremy's a little and muffin. I think that he and I have sat across from each other at a dinner when he was in a relationship I feel like we've all been at else. the same parties before totally, come on there's totally. no way. but Addison and I have a friendship that was totally separate from Jeremy right, and, and right. all that um, in which you and I shared that friendship it was like kind of this like yeah. funny um, rat pack group that we yeah. had like the brat pack but um <laughs> Oh, God, what stories. But that is the cutest episode, and I don't think that anyone knew that story about them. And it's so cool. And there's a lot of people on your show that I'm kind of familiar with, but not really. Yeah. And learning about them. I mean, we learn about all of our friends in different ways. It's so fun to to hear them tell their story from their perspective and, right. you know, like the way we see it and the way they see yeah. it is obviously so different. So, um, especially because I thought I knew the whole relationship egg. of Jeremy and Addison. Exactly. And I had no idea that it went as deep as high, high school. school. That's the thing. And it's so romantic and cute. It's so romantic oh, and it's so them. sweet. And they just, everyone on your episode, as well as you two, you and Kevin gives like such an inspiring, like, story or an inspiring like fact where you're like oh my god I want to do that or oh maybe I do believe in love and maybe I do (laughs) believe in this and then it makes you you know really think back at things and it's just so sweet oh thanks and you and Kevin have just such a funny dynamic that you guys could have your own show with no one else on it it would be hilarious that's the thing I don't I I love our friendship I think I personally think I'm very funny but (laughs) (laughs) but uh, I I'm amazed to see how many people really enjoy it as well. Your podcast blew up overnight. Let's it's just talk about that. Crazy. It's doing so well. We're Can we so talk about thrilled. your your my favorite thing about you? What? Is that you're sponsored by LaCroix? <laughs> Do you know that? Okay. I'm telling Isaac, my producer right now, she is sponsored by LaCroix. He's like, she's like... I'm not even trying to get sponsored no, by them. I'm trying to get eyes. sponsored by the, the coffee bean and tea leaves. Blood eyes. You oh, are, that's true. You should be sponsored. I mean, you keep them I open. spend on average $30 a day. I can't. You I keep them open. Do they have a point system or something? You get free coffee. Yeah, they do, but free. it's embarrassing. Uh, it's fine. It's embarrassing. Um, no, LaCroix, here's the thing. I burp a lot. 
I drink a lot of sparkle water. You love a sparkle I water. I love a sparkle water. I didn't, I was almost going to burp and I held it in because I know how to hold it in public now, but I should have just let it go because my, our producer on Showman's like has a whole burping reel of me. Shut up. Mm-hmm. Maybe one day we'll release it. I don't know that people actually want to hear that You're a cute burper though. Um, David's, uh, David's stepmom emailed us after she listened to the first episode and was like, I loved it, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, P.S., was that really you burping? No. Because it's embarrassing. Like, you forget, no, like, it's not. David's parents are listening. <laughs> I th- Jenna, I think you have other things to be worried about if Jenna's parents are listening. I mean, David's parents are listening. I think you have a lot of other things that you should should be worried the, about, uh, not filtering. the burping. Um, but I, we drink LaCroix while we record. And so I was thrilled when the other day they became a sponsor. And I was like... Um, my all my dreams have come true. My sparkle water dreams have come true. You know, when they first started, I had made Sturgis is obsessed with LaCroix, and I had made him a birthday cake that looked like a, <gasps> a giant LaCroix life-size can? LaCroix can. Ow, you're really and good I with those birthday it. cakes. I'm, that is one thing I'm great at. And I can't really say that. And <laughs> Isaac's rolling his eyes. He's like, oh, Jesus Christ. Here she goes again. <laughs> I'm very humble. I'm very <laughs> humble with my cake making. Um, but... They sent me a um, like twenty five cases of coconut liqueur after that. I, don't I like still coconut call it liqueur. liqueur. Oh. Coconut's my favorite. I don't like the coconut. I love the coconut. So I love if you ever get coconut, you okay. send it. And I hate pamplemousse. I love the pamplemousse. I can't do it. But that. you know how many people say lacroix wrong, and they want to say I know it is lacroix. And I'm like, but I say lacroix because I'm fancy. I'm like, it's but lacroix because it's, it's a city. Right, it's LaCroix. It's LaCroix. Um, but yes, we have, we are so thrilled with the amount of downloads we've gotten and the fans that we have. Um, Can I say you've gotten over a million downloads? How, I'm going to say how it. How about 2.5? Okay, <laughs> and I'm going to cancel the show right no! now, Isaac. No, people need to hear this. Um, we're we're so lucky. Um, we also had like a built-in Glee audience that comes back every week, which is really lucky. And now we're building on this other audience that has has joined along for the friendship ride. You right. know, friendship is the best ship. But it like, is. I oh, that's really cute. <laughs> I almost tried to title the show "Friendship Is the Can Best." Can I ship. title that our episode? Sure, friendship is the, the best, best ship. ship. Yes, <laughs> done. Uh, Isaac's writing it down. Yeah, uh, yeah. I we're. It's nice to be able to work with your best friends and to work with your friends. Mm-hmm. Like my hope is to, you know, sell a TV show and hire all my friends to be on it. Cause like, who doesn't want that? You know? uh, I, 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 <laughs> I don't even have to get a paycheck. I will do no. it right now for the free LaCroix. Every, I don't think SAG after will let us do that. Well, well, I don't care if it gets me a job I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. Now, I have to tell you that I end every episode by asking the same question, kind of like you do about the uh, wedding, advice. Uh, wedding um, advice. But the question that I ask everyone is very simple. It can be a very simple answer. It could be a philosophical answer. Fantastic. I but can't wait. for me, it's more of an excuse for me to figure out what you do. So maybe I can put it towards me selfishly. Okay. What makes you want to get up in the morning and continue on with your life? It's really good. I feel special if you think it's good. Whoa. I mean, that's a deep question. But it doesn't have to be. It's just advice because I want everyone to have a little bit of advice from everyone because maybe one person can learn from you. I mean, we all learn from each other, right? Right. 
Um, I think going along with learning from each other, part one of my answer is, um, it's, and I learned this from Jonathan Van Ness on Queer Eye. Oh like, my God. My inspiration. That's the dream favorite, guest, right? Dream favorite, guest. Favorite human in the entire world. Um, if we stop learning, like what's the point? So like I get up to learn. I get up to learn from people. I get up to learn from work, from friends, from strangers, um, to how to better myself and how to uh, see the world from their eyes and from their perspective. Um, So like learning is a huge part of it and evolving and allowing yourself to change and move forward and get better and be better. Um, and then number two would be, which was the instinctual answer when you first asked it. I think the joy in life for me is really enjoying the little moments and being in the moment. Um, I'm such a planner. I'm such a, uh, type a have to have lists and things to do every day, like moving at the speed of light. But, um, the, the times I get to stop and think about where I am and how brief this time we have is and how, um, what a great position I'm, position I'm in in my life um, is really is really what makes like my life so great and to be so appreciative of it. So I think like really being in the moment and enjoying where you are is what gets me up in the morning. That's really sweet. <laughs> I really wanted you to say um, bear. No, me, but... Oh, well, Al and Bear and okay. Peely and Dottie. Okay, <laughs> we won't get into this So that was right a trick now. question. So I guess you failed. This um, episode's not being aired. This is going to be cut. <laughs> um, I'm obviously just going to be a co-star on her show. Has anybody said... Has anybody said Al no. yet? No. <laughs> okay, I'm waiting no, for no, the day. absolutely not. Absolutely okay. not. No, but everyone has such unique, different answers. Yeah. And I think I that it's so cool. I can't wait to so hear cool. them all. I think at the end of the show, um, not for this episode, but I think a, a fun little bonus would to be releasing everyone's final question altogether. So yeah. everyone can hear different stories. Yeah. It'll be like, we could just make a little, my uh, little book, my little story book of just everyone's great. little things. Cause it's I think that, book. yeah, coffee table. Everyone that's been saying something has been very inspiring to me. Mm. Um, and touched me. Mm. So sweet. Anyway. So nice. Well, I love you so much. I love you too. Thanks you're for You're one of my me. best friends and I'm going to cry you. because <laughs> your support for me is so incredible. Oh, I love you. So thank you so much for coming on Emotional Support. Anytime. Everybody listen. And listen to Showman. <laughs> <laughs>